mother, tears rolling down her eyes. I, because I'm, I'm one of those people that cries at the drop of a hat, I'm trying to hold back because I'm like, okay, this went well. Yeah. And, and so, is there anything else you want for Christmas? And she goes, Door Explorer backpack? <laughs> you know what? You're like, you know so much like trivia for like yeah. theater and entertainment and movies. And, you know what I mean? Weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I, I know so much weird offbeat trivia and weird stuff. You know, I, I've been very lucky that I've, uh, that I've been able to do so many different types of things because um, not only do I work as a magician now and, and Santa now, but uh, I had a whole uh, separate career before this uh, as an actor where I was just, I mean, you know, I was doing uh, lots of theater and I did some independent film work and I did a few commercials. Uh, not any majors, but, uh, you know, local stuff. And um, I just, I, I've been very lucky to be able to do all that stuff. And uh, right out of high school, uh, just right out of the tail end of high school and out of high school, I worked as a DJ. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. I know, I know. Uh, did uh, DJ Micheletti. <laughs> we did weddings and uh, private parties. And it was me, and you've met him, my cousin Frank. Cousin Frank. Yeah, Cousin Frank. So, yeah, what happened was Cousin Frank has, uh, has jukeboxes. He has, he has old jukeboxes. And what happened was when he was turning, when he turned 30, and I was either, I, I was a junior in high school. When he turned 30, uh, he had a big 50s uh, birthday party that, that he threw for himself. Oh. And they had a jukebox, and everyone dressed in 50s stuff. And we went to that. And then the next year, um, his friends had, they all had such a great time. They said, oh, we should do more parties like this. So the next year they did uh, a country western kind of barnyard dance thing. Yeah. Again. And then somebody came up to him and said, hey, Frank, you know, uh, can, you, can you rent this out to me for, for an event? And he said, uh, sure, I could, I could do that. And um, he needed somebody to help him. So, you know, he asked his cousin who's, you know, senior in high school and said yeah you want to help me move the jukebox and we just hang out and then uh, we pack it up and we're ready to go i said sure so i was able to make a little little cash helping him out so wait a second wait a second wait a second i mean like back then i mean now it's like you can request any of thousands of songs but like the jukebox was like a legit jukebox that you were putting records in or was it like did you bring a, extra records to swap in when needed, or is like the jukebox had what it had? It was a jukebox with records, and you could go up and push buttons in, and you'd see the 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 records slide in and turn over and play. And it was it was all forty fives. He just he he loved having a jukebox, so we we would we did this uh, for you know a number of events and stuff. And then my cousin Bev, uh, my my cousin that I that I. Uh, currently live with she uh got married and she wanted uh frank to dj the wedding and, and so he went okay well yeah you're gonna bring the jukebox she goes no can you like dj and he said well i guess so he got turntables and he set up and i didn't help him on that one i was at the wedding reception but he basically set up 
you know, and had his 45s and he played a couple of LPs and that went really well. And then people kind of requested him. So he brought me in to help him. And what was great is my cousin, Frank, is 13 years older than me. And because he's 13 years older, he has a wealth of knowledge of music that goes, you know, before me. And because I was young, I mean, you know, I was, I was basically just in college, um, just out, just out of high school and college. I had the knowledge of like what was current. I mean, you like, yeah, totally. So we had this knowledge of music that was like, you know, we had overlap, but we also had all this music. So we were able to really kind of cover a wide, uh, wide age range. Oh, that's fun. So what we did is uh, we got turntables and, and they were not cubal turntables. These were just like, turn it on, they were belt driven turntables. And we would, we would, you know, set the record up and we put the needle down. And, and, and then we turn it on or we get it started. We drop the needle and, you know, cause we couldn't, we didn't queue up. And then a friend of mine came by and he showed us how to queue up the turntable using a slip start where we basically put down some felt and then you put down the record and you turn the turntable on and the turntable's going. And then you can, you can like get the needle exactly where you needed to go and you'd have the record ready to go and then you'd let go and it would just instantly kick into the, it was you were slip starting it from a belt driven turntable so and then, like that would that way it doesn't have to get going to right, wind right. up and you're holding the felt and then you go and you let it go and it just goes right in and so we did we did that first of all, first of all yeah out like records and albums it's like incredible technology yeah like awesome. i understand i've said this so many times I get cell phones and we have satellites and there's like a beam of, you know, thing that goes and signal. I understand all that. Fax machines. Are you kidding me? How? There's no satellite. It's a wire and it vibrates a wire to print out exactly what you want on the other side through a wire. I mean, and then not only that, you know, phone calls and even you know morse code on yeah. like one side of the continent to the other back in the day it's like they had to literally what they did and people don't realize this they had thousands of miles of cable uh-huh. as they're going across the atlantic ocean dumping yeah. how much did they have they had to have so much like that is a, a wonder lot. of the world a lot you know what? I, I have a friend who, uh, who, who was in a movie and they handed him a phone that you had to dial and he didn't know how to use it. Yeah. Extra that was in a me. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was on milk. And the, I was, they asked me, it was the scene and it was from like what the seventies or whatever. Right. And, um, and so I have the camera set and I'm sitting here, they go, okay. So I brought in and I have this line. I still get, I still get royalties from that too. And they had this phone in front of me and the camera's here is the close up, and everybody's setting up the shot and everything. And as I'm, as I'm there kind of looking, I look at the phone and I go, maybe I should look and see how this works. <laughs> so I pick it up and I didn't see any numbers. I didn't see any numbers. I didn't see any. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. And then I look in the handset, and there's the dial, the the wheel, rotary, yeah. the rotary wheel a, in the handset. Yeah. yeah, but see, like 
I was used to seeing them on, you know, the box on the thing. Yeah. But when I lifted up, I was like, uh, and then I look at this and the, um, I think it was like the first AD or somebody was there and he saw me and he goes, do you know how to use that thing? And he's like laughing. I go, I was checking and he just starts laughing and he's like, oh my gosh. He's like, yeah, I think I got it. Do I still have to dial one or what? Area codes necessary? I don't know. I, I remember seeing that movie. I went to the Castro Theater to actually see it, which was, which was where Harvey Milk yeah. was, yeah, was the uh, supervisor. Uh, and I remember going to see the movie and it's like, there's Alex up on the big screen. It's like huge screen. I was in the paper when they were filming it too. Um, I, you know, I just randomly was like leaning against something, you know, and just kind of like this. And then somebody took a, a photo and then the next paper, the next day of the paper was front page of, you know, or of that section probably. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. I want to get back to telling you about the DJing. So um, basically what we did is we did probably for about, I want to say at least 10 years, maybe more. We 10 years, did, wow. We, yeah, we did, you know, it was it was the thing that I did while I was in college, and then I had another job after I got out of college, and I was doing acting and stuff, but it was a, it was the, it was a nice, flexible job that brought in money, and uh, eventually we moved into uh, CDs. We went from doing uh, uh, records to CDs. Oh, and there's the song Shout, right? The song yeah. Shout that everybody he knows we had one copy of it and two turntables we only had one copy and the record has part a and part b so there's that part in the song where they go now wait a minute and then the organ goes boom and then they continue on well on the 45 it was like now wait a minute whip the record over to play the second <laughs> For the longest time, we only had one record. We actually stopped <laughs> to turn the record over I, until we got copies of the record. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say this part. And a little bit softer now. And a little bit softer now. <laughs> and we had to flip it over just to even get to that. <laughs> and a little bit louder now. And a little bit louder now. <laughs> they, built, they built that part of the song in for you to flip the record. <laughs> that would have been nice. That would have been nice if they did that. So yeah, we did that for a long time, and then we did uh, uh, we did weddings. And during that time when we did weddings, um, I met another another DJ at um, a bridal fair because they'd have these bridal fairs where the brides would come in and they would uh, check out you know people who do flowers or food or what have you or venues. Uh, there was another DJ that was there, and I met him then, and we didn't figure out that we met each other until much later. That DJ was Joe Pon. Get out of here! What? That's so crazy. When I met as DJs before we met as owner of Magic Shop and person who hangs wow. stuff. Wow, that's so crazy. What a small world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's amazing when stuff like that happens. I really do. I think about it because you go what are the odds i was on a cruise ship it was the craziest thing i'm on a cruise ship in i think south america okay and i'm talking to this couple they say um they're from the states because not everybody first of all when you're on the other side of the world not everybody's from the united states on a cruise ship performing 
Oh, you're from the United States. Yeah. Oh, where? They said, oh, we live in, you know, Las Vegas. You go, oh, get out of here. Got a house in Las Vegas. They said, oh, really? I go, yeah, where in Las Vegas? And they said, well, it's actually not Las Vegas. It's Henderson. I go, wait, Henderson? My house is in Henderson. And like, we kept going from like city to community to area in the community to street. We're neighbors. Can literally see their house from my house. And That's like, amazing. it's amazing. And, and I told them, I go, well, I'll be there in this, you know, whenever. And they go, yeah, give us, you know, a call. And they, I said, yeah, here. And so I went by and I was like, hey, I'm here. And they're like, hey, come on over. And I went over there, chat with them. And I was like, well, see ya. <laughs> like, and you go, what are the odds of that? Like, one, what are the odds of that, of that happening? But two, that you actually bump and connect to have that conversation to even learn about that. You know what I mean? Like really, really crazy. One of my friends, Rafi, I don't know if you remember Rafi. I remember Rafi, yeah. Uh, Rafi and I did a show called Tony and Tina's Wedding, which is an right. interactive wedding. We right. go to the wedding as an audience, but you are actually part of the wedding show. It's like, it's like you could bring a friend with you and not tell them it was a fake wedding and they would think it's a real wedding. Uh, so Rafi and I did Tony and Tina's wedding together. And at one point he took off and he did a trip to Italy and he's in uh, this, um, he's in this museum and he's looking at these paintings and stuff. And this couple's kind of like looking at him from the side. And he's like looking at these paintings. They come up to him and they say, uh, excuse me, are you American? And he goes, yes. They said, um, this is going to sound weird, but we're going to show called Tony and Tina's wedding in San Francisco. Ah! <laughs> All right, here's, here's, here's one of the best things that happened to me. And this was amazing. It wasn't going to be amazing. It wasn't. Yeah. I've got, I've got some stuff to tell you about this. Yeah, amazing. we got to get under that. We got to get into that. Okay, so here's my last story, right? Um, I uh, was doing this show and at the Lesher every year. I do a show there. And um, I started dating this girl, new girl, and she's not from the United States. She's from the UK. She's from yeah. England. And she came over and it was maybe a two weeks after my show in Lesher. And I kind of was joking to her, you know, like, yeah, I'm a big deal. Like kind of just, you know, yeah, you know, I'm famous. But it was tongue in cheek. It was not like I was trying to impress her. She knew that I was just joking, but she's like, okay. Cause she hadn't been to the States before hanging out. And so went to the States, we went, I took her to Disneyland. We're in line in Disneyland, I think for like Peter Pan. And we're talking and it kind of came up and I'm like, no, I do shows and this is what I do. I work with whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden, as I'm kind of telling her this stuff, these, this family, they like are in line right next to us as they're passing. And they go, uh, excuse me, are you Alex Ramon? And I was like, well, yes, I am. And they go, oh my gosh, can we get a picture with you? And, and like, I look at the girl I'm dating and she just is like, oh my gosh, like, are you gonna be recognized? Are you famous? <laughs> and it made me so, we laugh so hard. I'm like, yeah, I go, great. Well, they go, we saw your show last week and oh my gosh, it's amazing. And then of course, everybody in the line is like, who's this guy, you know? <laughs> and so it was just like the perfect timing. And afterwards I was like, yeah, you know, I told you. 
so you know. <laughs> when, I, when I hang out with our friend Jay Alexander, who was one of your podcast guests, yeah. Don't watch that one because we're being talk. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that happened on that. Yeah. One. Um. You know, every time I'm with Jay, you know, he gets recognized all the time, and so people come up to him and say, "Excuse me, um, I, I know you from somewhere, don't I?" And, and you, you know, and they usually kind of figure it out and they go, "Or excuse me, you're Jay Alexander, aren't you? Or you're a magician, aren't you?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, nice to meet you." Shake their hand, which you can't do these days now, but uh, <laughs> he, you know, you know, uh, he was. You know, he gets recognized all the time. And uh, there was one particular time where we were at a bookstore. We were just, we, we, we were about to go to a gig. I'm helping him out. I'm running his music. And we're in a bookstore. We're in line. And this woman goes, excuse me, you're a magician, aren't you? And Jay turns around and looks at her. And he goes, and he's about to say, yes, I am. And she goes, you're a big Alcatraz, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And she looks at me, and she says, "My, we we saw you at Pier Thirty Nine performing." And Jay's just like, "What? Like, day <laughs> mode? Hey, yeah, how you doing? Nice to see you." <laughs> I think he was a little bruised in the moment. Yeah, I, it's so funny. And he's so used to being recognized. But then at that moment, she pivots and she goes, "And you're a magician too. You're Jay Alexander. I saw you at the Fairmont in San Jose." And no, no, all was right in the world. Suddenly, yeah. <laughs> all was right in the world. <laughs> so, speaking of Jay, all right. So let's hear. Let's hear. What was going to be amazing? I mean, Jay had mentioned you and his with the with the with the snow. Right. I have my own personal amazing. It was going to be amazing stuff, but I yeah. There was there was two things with Jay. One of them was the snow, and you know it's pretty much if you watch Jay's version of this, it's pretty much. Pretty much the same without him. He was down at the bottom of this big, huge building, the gift center in San Francisco. And it's like, I mean, several floors up and it's, you know, big open, open space and, right. you know, kind of a cavernous type place. I mean, nice looking, but very cavernous. So like if you're in the building, you can look over the railing and see down to the main lobby. Right. You know, so all the surrounding, surrounding uh, floors and, uh, so the idea was for uh, Jay had uh, convinced the client uh, to hire him for that particular day. Well, he just, he I, lo I love how you say convince them. Well, you know what? When when you're pitching, you got to convince them, right? And he convinced them that he was, that he could make it snow in the building um, for this one trick, and. Um, it, it's a it's a beautiful trick. It's a it's a beautiful illusion called snowstorm in China. That's what we magicians know it as. Uh, sometimes when other people do it, it has nothing to do with China, but it does have to do with snow. You know this. I'm just doing this yep, for your yep, yep. For your audience. So Jay's going to do this snowstorm in China, and basically he takes uh, some paper and he tears it up and he holds it in his hand. And he starts going like this, and all of a sudden, out from his hand comes tons and tons and tons of confetti um but also what we had is we were we had um up on the upper level we had uh i think we had four of them maybe maybe we had five we we, we had a number of them he went to uh holtzmuller which is a theatrical supply company and rented them there's uh bubble machines that make really fine bubbles that look like snow uh it's the thing that copperfield uses when yeah. he makes it in his show yeah He's got that. So we we went into the building and we spent 
hours setting this stuff up. Now, this is not something you just, you know, it's not like the little bubble machine that you get from uh, the toy store, you know, when you put the battery in and it just blows out little bubbles, you know. Yeah, yeah. This is the industrial grade machines that are meant to, to give this winter wonderland. And you can set them with their various settings. So we had them all set up. And it took us hours to set them up because we had to run cable. We had to find power sources. We had to find all this stuff. And I believe we had them daisy chained into one power source. Right. And, and all I needed was one button to push to start all of them. They were all daisy chained together. So it was all, it was all ready to go. We'd been there for hours. This was not pop in. Hey, we're ready to do the show. You put those up there. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So pretty much we figured everyone knew who we were and what we were doing. So Jay's doing the trick. I'm ready to go. I've got the button. I've got it in my hand. And and, there's, and this happens a lot of times when you're about to do something. Like when I was, when Frank and I would DJ, you're about to change from one, one CD to another or one record to another. And it's always that person who comes up and they want to talk to you right then. They hey. want to talk to you. In, hey, how you doing? I want to talk to you. And you're like, oh, hold, give me a second. You say, no, no, I need to talk to you now. You're like, well, literally four seconds. Give me four seconds. And I missed it. I missed it. It's over. It's done. <laughs> right, right. So, ready to push the button. Jay's doing the trick. It's going really well. He gets to the point where the, the confetti's coming up. I go, I'm about to push the button. And I mean, it's like, it, it was like I'm a, I hadn't pushed it. It was like I was waiting for the moment. So, I still needed to wait a couple of seconds. Otherwise, it would have been too early. But a couple seconds later, it would be too late because the snow had to come down and cascade right. down. And the security guard walks up. Hey, you, what are you doing? Huh? Oh, I'm, I'm doing, uh, we're doing, I, I got to, no, 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 put that down. What? Put that down. What are you doing? I, I, I got to put, no, don't you do anything. You put that down. I'm like, and I'm like, and he doesn't want, if I push the button, he's going to tackle me. This guy is like, he's got the, you know, I'm a security guard and you're intruding thing going. And I'm like, terrified and i go look i gotta we're doing and i'm trying to tell him really quickly what we're doing but i'm trying not to get him all because he's a burly guy and i'm trying not to push the button and then him thinking i'm blowing up the place or something right yeah, yeah. i mean you know yeah yeah so he's but he's in his you know security guard mode and said no 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 we're doing this thing and there's just snow machines here and i'm trying to tell him really fast and he goes back up just drop it up and, and i'm like wait wait no i got it and, and then, and then I, I said, look, I got to do it. And he goes, what's this? And he reaches over to where it's plugged in and he yanks it out because he sees everything's all connected and he yanks it out. And in that moment, the machines all go offline, but they, I guess they had a little reserve in them or something and they all go, get <laughs> out just a little bit of snow. It just goes, just a little snow that goes down. Just enough to mock Jay. <laughs> mock Jay, yeah. And I because Jay because if, like, if there was nothing, then it would have been like, well, something happened. But because there's so little. Right, right. Yeah, that was going to be amazing. And it was not. <laughs> it was not. Now, the other one, you were there for this one. Uh -oh. um, and, and I see, I remember more of the story than you guys talked about just a little bit more. So to catch up your, the viewers here who are watching. So, uh, Jay Alexander, who's our magician friend and, uh, and Alex and I, we were hired 
through this uh, circus circ type company to do kind of strolling magic. Why are you going to bring this up again? You know how many people ask me to post pictures? And now they're going to hear this story again and want the yeah. photo proof. We need the photo. I have, I, I've been looking for the photos in preparation for this and I can't find them. I have. I have. I have. Two. I, have I, I know exactly where they are. Yeah, you, you have to share them one day. So, <laughs> so, so basically, we're hired to do strolling magic, and we're going to wear silver suits. And I'm thinking, oh, silver suits, kind of like the gold suit that Elvis wore on one of his albums. Yeah. You know, a proper suit, and it's like a suit. So a did I. And a tie, it's a suit, but it's all silver. Yeah. And we come to find out, these are onesie jumpsuits. <laughs> Spend And now... Look at me. I'm a healthy boy. Alex and Jay are very, very slender gentlemen. They get in the suits and they're like, get in the zip. I get in the suit. I'm like, get, 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 you know, it's like trying to, trying to stop, you know, you don't have enough tinfoil and you're trying to get the tinfoil around the meat. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like bulging everywhere. I don't, you know, it's like if it were, if it were, we were a comedic trio. I was the I was the 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 uh, chubby one for comic relief, so so we're all dressed in our suits, and, we, and they put they put um, skull caps on us to to give us a bald look, and then they put like they put they paint our faces gray, or not gray but silver. Okay. They put our faces silver. They paint our heads silver. So we're like these these aliens, these aliens. silver aliens. And we're supposed to do strolling magic and not talk to people. And not talk but, to people. But engage them. Engage them with our with our with our with our mime-like abilities that I'm the only one who even studied mime. I don't know about you. I know Jay didn't study yeah. mime. I did mime, so I'm somewhat prepared, but not as I'm like, eh. so we do we're doing the best we can. We're doing magic tricks for people, but trying to communicate with them to do the magic tricks. So sometimes you have to talk to people. So, you know, Jay's doing his stuff, and, and Jay's wearing his hat, of course. Jay's, of course, wearing a hat. He's wearing his Jay hat, you know, that he always wears. Anybody, I think he got one that was, like, you know, a little beaten up so that if it got makeup on it. No, we had UV hats. Oh, wait, we did have UV hats. I had what, a green I... UV hat. You had an orange one, and I think Jay had, like, a pink one. Why do I remember? Yeah, I, I have to look at the pictures. I just remember I have Jay wearing his hat. But now I, you know, it, the memory, the memory's a little slippy, slippery. So here's the deal. Here's the thing that you guys didn't mention. Jay decides that he needs to talk. Right. And it's like, but we weren't prepared to talk and we weren't supposed to talk, but he's doing a trick where he needs uh, some information from the audience. It's uh, for, 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 uh, for non-magicians. It's a, it's a uh, math trick. And for us magicians, it's called Magic Square. It's a very cool trick where basically you take a two-digit number and then you fill in a grid. It's kind of like, people say it's like Sudoku, but it's not. But all the numbers all sure. add up to the two-digit number. It's a pretty cool math trick. Yeah. Well, Jay needs to get a two-digit number from the audience. And he's holding a whiteboard. It's got a grid on it. He's holding a whiteboard and he's got his marker and he realizes he needs to somehow get a two-digit number from the audience. And we're watching at this moment. And all of a sudden, Jay, you see these, the wheels in his brain start going. It's like, okay, I need to talk. How am I going to talk? 
And we're thinking, what's he doing, right? We don't know what he's going to do. We don't even know if he's going to try to talk. And all of a sudden he goes, I need a two-digit number from, from someone. I need, can you give me a one-digit number? He's talking in this little high-pitched, squeaky voice. I mean, I can't even do it. It was so high. It was really high up there. And he made a commitment to that voice and stuck with it while he did the trick. And I remember the minute his mouth opened, we looked at each other like, oh my God, this is so funny. This is so funny. Go back and watch Jay and Alex talk about this. People, trust me, go back and watch Jay and Alex talk about this on uh, the podcast that he did with Jay. It's hysterical. I watched it and I'm dying because being there, I remember this. But you guys have to go back and watch this one on the tweeting one. Anyway, so that's my, uh, that's what I remember. I remember exactly what he had to ask them. Yeah. Now, now yours, yours. I know. I know. I, um, let's see. Um, I've, uh, as a, as, uh, you know, as a magician, as a Santa, um, as a DJ, you know, we've had, I've had moments where, you know, things didn't go exactly right. Um, one time, um, we went to DJ and this is a big wedding, a really nice classy wedding. And, uh, you know, we would load in, we, you know, we're, you know, overalls or whatever, load our stuff in. And there was the, there was the time where I forgot my pants for my tuxedo. (laughs) (laughs) So we set everything up and we went over to the quarter Madeira and rushed over to Macy's and bought me some pants because I would have nothing to wear. I mean, every, you know, business up top, tuxedo up top. Hey, hey, you just have to stand behind the jukebox all night is all. No, no, we didn't have the jukebox. We had the DJ council, but people are going to walk up and go, hey, 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 and they're going to see that I'm not wearing pants. I'm wearing shorts or whatever. So we had, I had to go buy pants. That was, yeah, that was one thing. That my, there was a time my cousin Frank, he brought his, uh, his dress shoes and we went to put them on and he was wearing, he had, he brought two different shoes. They all look, his shoes, his dress shoes look the same, but he bought two left feet. He literally had two left feet. He had shoes where both feet were left that he wore and stood behind the DJ thing wearing two left feet. You know, those are, those are, those are, those are minor. Uh, there was the time when I did, uh, you know, as a, as well, a I mean, magician. you must be, when out on Pier 39, you have so many variables because you have so many different elements that you have to deal with. The wind, the rain, the seagulls, the sea lions. The I mean, there's so many. You have the carousel behind you. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many. I've been very, at Pier 39, I've had very few times where anything's really majorly gone wrong. Oh, that's um, amazing. I had, a, I, I had a child pee on stage. <laughs> that brought to help, and he peed. And basically, I just ended the show at that point. I was just like, you know what? We're going to call it a day and end the show. Now, mind you, if you don't finish the show, you don't get to hat, meaning you don't get to ask the audience to tip you. But, I mean, I told another magician that, or a juggler that was there, I told him what had happened. They go, well, you did pass the hat, didn't you? <laughs> it's like, no, I didn't pass the hat. Another time, I had somebody in the audience drop like a, a sack of wet cement and hit the ground 
and they basically passed out 10 minutes into my show. They just went down, they went, and uh, all of a sudden, someone's going, oh, no, my God, and then people are screaming, and I, I basically stopped the show. Again, yeah. another, another performer said, well, you did pass that, didn't you? <laughs> no, 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 those- Great um, performers are relentless. They are. You kind of have are. to have that edge on you, though. If you want to be a street performer, you kind of have to not be faced by anything, you know? Right. I did do the, um, I, I, I have this one that I'll tell you about, and then I got to tell you about some Santa stuff, because that's the one where I've had to go wrong. Um, I, I used to do this one uh, magic trick. You remember seeing it, and I'll tell this for the audience. I did a trick where basically um, I would have an audience member select a card, and we would lose the card in the deck. And then I would tell the audience, I'm going to find your card, but I'm going to find it in a unique way. I'm going to find it face down in water. I'm going to escape from some shackles while in water, and I'm going to find your card, and it's going to be in the water. But the way I'm doing it is I have a big, huge punch bowl, big, huge punch bowl. But it was from the bay, right? Yeah, I, the water from the bay. Water from the bay, not really, but water from the bay. And so I have this big, huge punch bowl, and it's got murky water in it. And the idea was basically we drop all the cards in, and my hands are shackled up behind my back. And with my mouth, I'm going to fish their signed yeah. plane out of the water. And this was the first show I did at Pier 39. The first show that I did at Pier 39. Um, and, and, um, I'm doing the trick and the audience is distracted because by the way, I didn't tell you the blue angels were flying over that day. Yeah. <laughs> the show at Pier 39 and the blue angels are flying. It over. was Fleet Week. Now my first show at Pier 39 that I ever did was on Fleet Week. And so I'm doing the trick and I've done the trick before, but now I'm doing the trick and I put my head in the water and fishing out the card and the audience isn't really caring until accidentally I knock the punch bowl over and it goes forward and splashes water everywhere. Playing cards everywhere. My fake rubber shark that I put in there dies just going down. <laughs> They're like, what? <sighs> Planes flying over the whole time. <laughs> and I jumped and I dumped all the water and I was like, great. But I had their card in my mouth. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So they all thought it was, was part of the show. They, they thought it was part of the show. Of course, I was like, so uh, it was different than what I thought it was going to be. I thought, <clears> I, thought <throat> I thought you were going to say is right at the, the you know, the, the pinnacle, right? At the climax of the trick was like, this is your card. I burned it. It was signed. And now it's restored. And I'm floating in the air. Like, right at that moment is when the Blue Angels go, <laughs> And you do that. Everybody goes. Yeah. And no. you miss that beat and you come back and you're just like. <laughs> that, that, that is one of the things that actually happens. I mean, there's a number of times where I'm doing it all of a sudden you go, is that your? And somebody goes, hey, Sally. And you're like. <laughs> you know, guy looking for his wife or, or so, something that happens in the audience just all turns their heads because you're in this big open air space. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I haven't had a, let's see, I got a, my thing here. Anna. I haven't, um, let's open that up. There we go. So I've had, had I'm looking here and it's like, okay, because I actually took notes. I was preparing for this. Ooh. 
Yeah, I know I prepared, you know. You did. Um, I, I, have, I have one that I can tell you about theatrical, and I also have my Santa one. What do you want to hear? Santa. Santa, okay. All right. So, um, as Santa, you, 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 you end up dealing with... I'm already laughing. <laughs> well, you know, they come sit on your lap. Right. They tell you what they want for Christmas. And, right. You know, and basically, I, I look at as Santa, my responsibility as Santa is kind of like, it's like, uh, I, I model my Santa, not voice-wise, but after Mr. Rogers. What would Mr. Rogers do in the situation when the person's sitting on your lap? And you're, do, and you're dealing with two things at the same time. You're dealing with the fact that the, um, the parents want the photo. The kids want the experience. They want to meet Santa and they want to talk to Santa and tell them, you right. know, something all wound up. And then when they get there, they just like cry or they get all stiff. But moments ago when they were in line, they were all ready to go. The right. parents are yelling at them the entire time. They're yelling, yelling, yelling. Do you get the photo? Get the photo. Do you tell them which one? I mean, I can't talk to the kid because they're yelling at the kid. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I never really thought about it. And what I do is I'll take the kid and I'll go and I'll like get the kid to look at me and say, Hey, we're here right now. We're going to talk for just a moment, okay? And I look at the parents. They go, "It's okay. I'm driving the sleigh. Thank you. Don't, don't worry. I got it." And they go, "We'll take the photo." I go, "We'll do that in a second. And I got to get the kid calm enough so that the kid, when they take the photo, they're actually smiling. Yeah, <laughs> they're actually engaged while the parents are yelling at the kid. And it's like the kid's just getting stiff because everyone's yelling at him. So I always try to engage with the kid in a way where it's like, "This is us. You, you and me." Forget about your parents, right? You know, we're, we're engaged. You know, we talk a little bit. And it's like, okay, we're ready for the picture. Okay, good. Let's, let's take a picture, okay? And I get them. And, you know, I, and I was doing this years before Me Too. Um, but I was like, you know, there's this thing of um, when you're a costumed character, like, uh, uh, like the mouse, Mickey Mouse, or, yeah. or any of those characters, your hands need to be seen at all times. You can't right. be putting your arm around somebody and the hands right. behind the back because somebody could say, oh, he touched my son or my daughter or right. he goosed me or whatever. So your right. hands are out all the time. So it's like, you know, you got your hands out. You know, I call it Santa hands. You know, your hands are out. But I get the kid and, you know, here we go, take the picture. Yeah. And, um, you know, making sure that, you know, everything looks good. And um, sometimes you get people just, they just won't stop yelling. And, you know, I've had to like, you know, basically back parents up and say, you know what, I, I need you to stay right over there for just a second and get whoever else are helping me. Sometimes I get kids who don't want to be there because they're too old for this crap. I don't want to do this. My mom and dad are making me do it. So what I do is, you know, the parents are shoving them. Yeah, you need the picture. Oh, no, no. And I go, I'm driving the sleigh. It's okay. I turn around, I look at the kid and I say, uh, you don't want to do this, do you? <laughs> I actually just say it sometimes. I'll just, I mean, I'll say, hey, how's it going? I just, I mean, instead of like, ho, 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 right, you know, right. I talk in more of a real voice to begin with anyway. I don't do a Santa voice because it sounds fake. So I go, uh, so how you doing? And they look at me fine. You know, so um, you don't want to do this, do you? And they said, no, no, I don't want to do it. And I said, yeah, no, I understand. You know, here's the thing. Your parents would love to get a picture of you like every year of you sitting with Santa. Now, we don't, uh, I always gave them the option, you don't have to stand, you don't have to sit on my lap. You can stand next to me, you can stand in front of me, you can stand anywhere, we'll just take the picture. And that's always the option I give any kid, again, so that no one says, oh, he picked my kid up and stuck him on his lap and whatever. So I said, you know, your parents would love to get a picture of you. They really would. 
So let's make your parents really stupid happy. Let's take the picture and then later on when you're at home and you know maybe you're doing something and you want to go hang with your friends at the mall or something, they'll remember that you took the picture. This is one of those Use it as blackmail. <laughs> blackmail. These are I, I was almost like a life lesson. There are things that you want to there are things that you're gonna want to battle your parents about. This is an easy one. Don't battle your parents about this. Just take the picture, make them happy, and then later on they will remember that. You know, there are other things where you're gonna wanna, you know, ah, mom, dad, I wanna do this. This is not one of them. This is just a simple one. Just do just do it and make them happy. Yeah. So, but, um, so there's, so the two Santa things and one, one time I'm doing my Santa thing, I was an official Coca-Cola Santa for the, for, for a tour. Basically they hired a bunch of Santas to go around to Rayleigh's grocery stores, Rayleigh's chain. And I represented Coca-Cola. The photographer that went with me, he, he or she represented, uh, Duracell and, uh, Kodak. And so it was Duracell, Kodak, Rayleigh's and Coca-Cola. They were all the co-sponsors of Santa's going to grocery stores, four hour shifts, two and a half hours off, and then another four hour shift somewhere else. So I went to two grocery stores a day, excuse me, with time in between, sometimes barely enough time to get from point A to point B, you know, because of where the stores were. Sometimes right. it was a store, you know, just, you know, a mile away. So, um, and I was wearing the fake beard at the time. As you can see, this is real. But uh, so the past few years, I've been wearing a real beard, but I had the fake beard big, huge, massive beard. And when you put the Santa suit on, it's, you, you put the suit on and if you do it too fast, you pass out because you put the suit on, you put the pants on, you put the jacket on, you put the, you put the beard on, you put the wig on, you put the hat on, you go to put the glasses on. The minute you put the glasses on, they fog up because all your body heat is all restricted in one area. And you just put a bunch of stuff on really fast. And so your, your glasses fog up you can't do it that fast, right? And when you're wearing the Santa suit, it's like you're wearing, you're like this. You can't, you have no peripheral vision. Yeah, especially with that beard. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of like being, you know, uh, one of those costume characters. You don't have any peripheral vision. And you're like this, and you're constantly <clears throat> getting beard hair in your mouth. You're constantly doing that. Well, at one point, I'm talking to a kid, and I start to choke. And I'm choking. <laughs> and I get through the whole thing. I'm talking. And I'm like, I got zoom <coughs> in my mind. Well, Santa needs to go uh, feed the reindeer. I'll be right back. This is when I first started doing Santa. I go out and I go around the corner and I proceed to pull out a beard hair that had made its way into my mouth and gone down the back Gross. of my face. <laughs> so it was like long, oh yeah. Ah, 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 pulling, I'm sorry, that's gross. Pulling it out before I gag and it makes me throw up. And then um, out comes a needle threaded onto the beard hair. <laughs> right, so here's, oh. here's, the, here's the other Santa thing. Okay. And this is something that was not, I was semi-prepared for. We, right. we have a mutual friend named Funny Bone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's a clown, but he also does Santa and he does a bunch of other things. He's, he's, he's a great guy. I was going to start doing the Santa and he'd been doing Santa for a while. And this was all new to me. And he sat down and he talked to me and he said, you're going to, you're going to get things that you're not going to expect. You're going to get requests that you don't know how to handle. Best way to do this, figure out how to handle it. Don't, don't, don't give them a promise that you're going to give them something 
that you can't give them. You know, they ask for a particular child. Oh, we'll, we'll see what we can do, you know, because it's ultimately up to the parents. So I get kids who ask me for, you know, they, they want a, um, a dirt bike and, um, you know, I'll go, oh, you want a dirt bike? And I look at mom and dad, who oh, wants a dirt bike? Now, if they're living out in the boonies, they go, oh, yeah, oh, dirt bike, yeah, right. That means the kid's probably going to get it, right? If they live in the city, they're going, oh, you know, they're like that. And I go, you know, I'm sorry, um, mom and dad could probably get you a dirt bike, and I could probably bring you a dirt bike, but there's someone greater than mom and dad in Santa that says you can't have a dirt bike. And that's the California Department of Motor Vehicles. They say you need a license. And then all of a sudden, done. Mom and dad aren't the bad guy. Santa's not the bad guy. But one, one that sticks in my, my brain in particular that I wasn't prepared for, and I had to figure out in, in a way to deal with it. I'm, I'm, I have this little girl. She's standing in front of me. And I, I honestly don't remember her name. We'll say her name's Susie. And she's standing in front of me. I say, well, hello, how are you? Good to see you. And she goes, hi, Santa. And I say, so, so, uh, so uh, have you been good this year? And she goes, yes. I say, well, have you been this good? this good or this good and she's oh i'm that good i said oh good 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 so tell me what do you want for christmas and she says i want a picture of my father and i'm like okay so now my brain's going okay now i could go oh that's great yeah we'll see what we can do and like there's something else there so i have to fish a little and just deal with whatever this request is so you want a picture of your father is there a reason why you don't have a picture of your father just yeah, because he died before I was born. Oh. So inside, I'm kind of going, all right, what am I going to do here? I'm, I, this is, ah, I, 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 I'm not quite sure what to do. So I said, well, let's take the picture, okay? We'll take our picture first. So I turn around, take the picture. The brain is going. I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do, what to do, right? So finally, her, um, we're done. I turn around. I say, Mom, could you come here for a moment, please? Mom's like, what? What? And I look at her and I said, Susie here has asked me for uh, a picture of her father. And you see the mother go instantly stiffen up and like, like almost like this is something she's dealt with before, right? And so she knows what the daughter's asking for and the, you know, the reason and all that. But she's dealt with it already. And so and and i say well susie uh, and i don't need to know the the truth behind the matter it could be that susie was adopted yeah it could be anything i don't need to know any of that but i know it's a tough spot for the mother she doesn't want to tell the daughter any information the daughter wants to know okay. so i say to her i say well susie I know you want a picture of your father and you've already asked your mother, is that correct? And she goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. They go, and you've tried very hard, mom. I'm looking at the mom. You've tried very hard to uh, get a picture for Susie. Haven't you? Right. And the mother's like, yeah, she doesn't know where I'm going with it. She goes, yeah. Yeah. And you're the best source for that. So Susie, I'm going to tell you right now, I promise you, I'm going to try to look for a photo of your father. I promise you, I will try but I don't want to lie to you and say, I will get you a photo of your father because that would be a lie because I'm going to tell you right now, as hard as I'm going to try, there's a good chance that I'm not going to come up with a photo of your father. I'm just telling you the truth because it would be a lie if I said I would. And then I didn't. So I'm going to try my best, but chances are I won't because your mother tried the best she could. She's tried very, very hard for that for you. And you know that. Yeah. So 
uh, I'm just telling you the truth, okay? So if I find it, great. And if I don't, I'm just letting you know now that I probably won't. But you know what? You have something greater than just than what you want as a photo of your father. Your father um, is always with you. In fact, tell you what, give yourself a hug. Hug yourself. No, no, really, hug yourself. Hug yourself. Squeeze yourself right now. No, give, squeeze, squeeze yourself really hard. Harder than that. You can squeeze harder than that. Now, the kid's squeezing herself. She's just squeezing herself. And I say, no, let go. She lets go. Now, if somebody takes their hand and squeezes your arm like this, you're still feeling And then they let go. You feel the residual from that. I say, now let go. Do you feel him hugging you back? She goes, yes, I do. I do. I said, he's always with you. He's a part of you. So anytime you want to say hi to your dad, I want you to take your arms, hug yourself, and squeeze yourself really hard. That's so sweet. Mother, tears rolling down her eyes. I, because I'm, I'm one of those people that cries at the drop of a hat, I'm trying to hold back because I'm like, okay, this went well. Yeah. And, and so, is there anything else you want for Christmas? And she goes, door explorer backpack? <laughs> I mean, every time I think about it, it's, it, was one, it was very tough, but- That's when you go, yes, you're gonna get that. Yeah, I know, yeah, you're gonna get the backpack. But it was, it, the, 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 I've had a number of those things. I've had a kid tell me he wanted his mom to have a wonderful Christmas. It's, and I'm like going, okay. I don't say mom with him. I go, is there a reason why your mom won't have, might not have a wonderful Christmas? Yeah, she's in prison. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I said to that kid, I said, uh, well, you love your mom, don't you? And he goes, yeah. And she loves you too, right? Yeah. You see her as much as you can, right? He goes, yeah. Well, because you guys love each other, you already have a wonderful Christmas. Right. You know, it's, it's, it, when you're doing Santa, there's the ho, 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 candy canes, do all that stuff. But there's a lot of this, this yeah. heart to heart stuff that you, you get to people. I've had. Absolutely. People, I mean, that's why when, when I was on tour with Disney, you had the same thing. I mean, you have these people that really feel connected to these characters and it's amazing how you can feel connected to a character um, and sometimes easier than a real person. You know, you can, you feel more comfortable with them. And then of course you have the, the, some that are afraid of the characters and there's that, but I mean, for the most part. Right. And in, in, in it, cool. there's a, there's a, you know, anybody, my feeling about Santa, anybody can put on the suit. You have to inhabit the suit. You have to inhabit the spirit of the suit. And I know a lot of people who do Santa for Christmas and they wear the suit and they just kind of like la 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 and you know every now and then they get hit with a roadblock like that and they're like they don't know what to do mm. because they're not prepared to do the heart to heart yeah, thing totally that to deal to deal with somebody's emotions totally. they think it's all you know i'm santa and you know you deal you deal with a lot of emotions with people i've had adults sit on my lap who they just said i and they didn't want to photograph they just want to sit on my lap and they wanted to make a wish for a new job yeah. to get out of a situation, a home. I'm couch surfing, and I just thought if I made a wish sitting on your lap, that uh, that maybe it will come true. And I tell them I will hold that wish for you because they know I'm a guy in a suit. But I take that moment to be present with them. Yeah. And say I will wish for you, and I will wish for you for that as well. Because totally. now that you've wished on it, the wish is stronger because there's two people wishing. 
And, you know, um, during this time of, of sheltering in place, um, I made three appearances as Santa, one for your birthday. We did a birthday, uh, your birthday celebration, 35 and 35, and you had a bunch of friends, and I appeared as Santa, and I did a magic trick. But I've done it two other times online. It was visit with Santa in April. Why not? Because we're all stuck. And I was feeling with the shelter in place, I like when we had the fires here in Napa, I was really upset that I was all packed up and ready to go in case we had a bug out and everything was in the car and you know, everything was packed up. And it's like, I can't do anything. And I don't know what to do. And I would want to volunteer, but I can't. And then they announced that the Boys and Girls Club was going to be open for the kids because the schools were closed. So I called up the Boys and Girls Club and said, hey, do you guys want uh, you want a magic show? And I volunteered to do a magic show because that gave me purpose at right. this time of where we're just we're stuck because of the fire. Right. So because we're stuck during this, I, went, I, I was like, okay, what can I do? And I thought, well, I'm going to do free Santa online. You know, I put a little tip thing if somebody wanted to tip me, which was cool. But it was like, okay, I'm going to do Santa. And it's just like, let's get online and do a visit from Santa in the North Pole. I have this green screen that attaches to this chair. And I have a virtual Santa background with, you know, Christmas setting. And basically, visit with Santa. And, you know, the kids, they're like, oh, yeah, they're all excited and this and that. And I asked every single person that visited me online what they wanted for Christmas. Or did they have a Christmas wish? And all, you know, like I said, all the kids were like, they want toys or they want this or they want that. But I also asked every adult because not every person visiting was a kid. Some people, they were adults, people that I knew through Facebook or somebody, you know, go visit this guy. And every single adult, they said, you know, some form of, I want this to be over with. I want to be able to hug my grandkids again, not just look at them on a screen. I want to be on a cruise ship and not be worried. Everyone had, a, all the adults had a form, except for one adult asked for a train set. <laughs> but everyone else asked for a form of, they want this to be over with. And I felt during that time, you know, we had the, we read the story and I did some magic and, you know, we had a lot of fun. And then I asked people what they wanted. And that was their moment where they, they said from their heart, this is what I want. And they made that wish. Right. And I think at that time it was like, it, it brought us together as a community of random strangers that I only knew all of them. They all didn't know each other. Yeah. I knew all that. It's like, you know, we're all that idea. We're all going through the same time. We just had fun. Right. And then we're talking about our wishes for this to be over. And, I, and it was time for me to hold that wish for them, for all those people. Yeah. And it's like I said, I, I, I take it as a real important responsibility. I'm, I, you know, I'm not just a guy in a suit. I'm trying to inhabit the spirit of, of Santa Claus. And like I said, the Mr. Rogers, what would Mr. Rogers do? What would he do in that moment? Right. You know, which is pretty much what Santa would do in that moment. You know? No. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get all serious no, on you. No, that's part of, that's part of, you know, part of this. I think that's what the conversations are about. And, and um, you know, in whatever direction that, that they go, I mean, that's those are real moments and those are real things that happen on 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 stage that are unexpected but are more powerful and impactful i mean i've said a few times that most of my career has been for commercial entities um you know i toured with large commercial production shows and and things and it's always more um for me rewarding personally when you can connect people with people and me doing my shows via zoom 
um, you know, you're really connecting with people who will feel like they're a community amongst um, others that are solely know each other and connected by me and me doing a magic show. And it's kind of amazing how that can happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it, it's, it's, those are great stories. And there's also, sometimes the stories are great for them because you made that little girl feel good, but it's not just great for them. It's great for you. Cause look how, yeah. amazing, how, how, how amazing it is, you know? And so that's uh, great. I mean, uh, I love, I love those stories and I'm glad that, that you shared them. Yeah, no, it, it, I love, I've always said this, I love what I do and, and I hope everyone else loves it too. I love to, I love the fact that I get to entertain people and, and somehow make a living at the same time. I mean, I'm happier, like I said, doing the Santa thing made me happy because I felt like I was being useful in some way. You know, I'm, I was I was okay. useful, and doing it via Zoom, I was able to see everybody. One one, one friend, she said that her her son um, her son had a hard time doing Zoom with her with his grandparents, and so she said so so he might not be really good at this when we do the Santa thing. He might not. Well, boy, did he love talking to Santa on Zoom, and she, yeah. she I think he's going to be much better now when he talks to his grandparents via Zoom. Yeah, just because he was able to engage with Santa. Um, you know, not that he, not that he doesn't know his grandparents, but it's like, I, I think it was the, the, the that's what I mean, that sometimes those characters really have an impact, you know, on, on kids and people. And it's yeah, because, I think, cause you said it, it's cause the spirit of the character. Right. And we, as entertainers, we hold, we have a, a big responsibility that, you know, unfortunately there are some entertainers who just don't, don't think of the responsibility. Um, you know, I mean, I hold. All those, all those uh, entertainers who do meet and greets for free, meet and greets for free after the show. I know you do it. Yeah. And you will stand there and you will talk to everybody you can within the amount of time that the theater will let you do it because usually it's a rental of some sort, but you will sit there and you will stay to the dying end. I've seen you do it, talking to people and, and hearing their stories and their thoughts and giving them that moment. Penn and Teller do it. Penn and Teller, mm -hmm. Sometimes they do it, and that meet and greet is longer than the actual show. Yeah, but they. Well, I've done many meet and greets where it was longer, ended up being longer than the show. Yeah, yeah, and then there are the there the, now the now it's the paid meet and greet that a lot of celebrities do. Everybody, well, is, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I think those moments are special. That's that's what makes um, the meet and greet so special and unique, and and these. Um, mediums, even Zoom and things like this, unique is you get to have that one-on-one -on -one engagement with someone, you know. And you would, and you wouldn't have an audience if they didn't show up. Yeah. You would be, if you're doing your show and nobody shows up, it's a rehearsal. Yeah. True. Well, I gotta run. I know you do too. I have uh, a phone at in two minutes. I have a phone call, but uh, Big Al, Santa. I have so many names for you. I don't know what to call you. Big Al, Otis, Santa, you know, Glenn, DJ Micheletti. That's the new one. What? The name that I like that you call me is your friend. Oh, See, you are Santa. <laughs> All right, buddy. I love you. I will chat with you soon, okay? Be safe. Bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.